up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You listen to the Pace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pace Rules on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pace Rules Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers on the doorstep of the 2023 NBA draft. And the Pacers have many, many picks up for grabs as we've brought to you in prior weeks. Uh, pick 7, 26, 29. 32, 55, there is absolutely no chance that the Pacers take all of those picks. Um, so we will break down today what we think is going to happen, what we want to happen, some trade scenarios, uh, and some weird and wonderful rumors, as is the season. Uh, but first, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets, 2023 NBA champions. I've said it, I've, I've got a real soft spot for this Denver team. I always have... Like Jokic, like the way he plays, just a tall, fat guy. I can get behind that, <laughs> um, and and he can pass like no one's business. And I I just love the way they played. I, I was so glad to see them win. Um, Alex, I'll start with you. Just some thoughts on the NBA Finals and the season overall. You also left out that you might be the biggest MPJ fan yes. in Australia, yes. and I was going to tag you in that. You know that video where he. Uh, he dribbles it through his legs. I think that's the one time I've ever seen him make an actual move with the yep. handle. But uh, it's just getting yeah. better. It's getting better, guys. It's we'll, good to we'll see get to that later. I think I think you might know what player I'm going to nominate as uh, potential oh, trade. For this <laughs> so um, we'll get there. But it, a huge win. Good to see a small market team win. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Small market team. Always good to see it. Bucks winning in 21. Uh, and then obviously the, the Nuggets winning now. Uh, the pace is winning it in 2025. We've seen the script already. So there you go. Justin, welcome back to the show after a mini hiatus. Uh, Woody filled in admir- admirably for you last time. Turns out all you need is a small market team to win a uh, championship as a two-time MVP. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I listened to that draft episode one. without me. I uh, listened to that episode without me. It's uh, better better without me, I think. Woody did very <laughs> well, but... Um, yeah, like I followed the playoffs. I basically watched every game, I think. And I don't know, congrats to Denver. I think it's great they won. Like, you know, we all love small markets, like you mentioned, but just didn't feel like the finals for me. And I know everyone was saying, oh, you know, if you don't enjoy this finals, you're a casual because this is real basketball with Miami, Denver. But I enjoy real basketball and I just didn't really enjoy that finals. They didn't have the feel, didn't have the star power. Um, it was great to see Jokic win, I agree, but. I don't know. That just did not feel like an NBA Finals to me. I don't know if you guys agree or not. Got to agree. Uh, I didn't feel like the NBA Finals. I mean, I, I would have preferred Jokic have to go through Boston or Milwaukee or a team with an MVP caliber player on the other side. And you can say what you want about Jimmy Butler, but he, you know, he had a couple of good weeks there and dragged Miami to the finals, but he dropped off something chronic in the finals. He was terrible up until he made those couple of threes in a row and that kicked Aaron Gordon the balls and got called for a got to the free throw line. Um, but it, it, you're right. The star power wasn't there. And, you know, Jokic is a star. He's a superstar. He'll, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. This, this puts him in the conversation with Dirk for best European player of all time. Um, and the fact is that, the Euros don't tend to resonate in terms of the wider audience. So we're going to have to see if he's going to continue to make finals and, and Denver have a great core that they can keep together and keep vying for final spots. Alex, we're going to have to see some star power on the Eastern side. It's It was kind of like uh, the uh, the Stephen Bradbury 
of uh, the Eastern Finals. Uh, for those who don't know, Stephen Bradbury uh, was a ice skater uh, from Australia who won our first gold medal because every single person in front of him fell down. Uh, and it felt like that for Miami. Um, every single team in front of them had something go terribly wrong and all of a sudden they're in the finals. Yeah, for the Knicks, it was having Julius Randle on the roster. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but but I think going back to the finals feel, I think it's the aesthetic as well. Maybe this is like the designer in me or whatever, but yeah, put put the logo, like Tyree said, put the logo uh, with the big championship, you know, silhouette yes. on the court. Yes. And also the, the ESPN scoreboard is so boring it's and the so typescript finals logo like there, exactly, there was, yeah, you yeah. know that, that's been the case for ages but we had some killer logos back in the day and this this very interesting trend of uniforms and logos and you know you're a designer alex you're right in the thick of this but the the aesthetic of minimalist style is kind of taking over sports and you know that's why you see people longing for the the Dino Raptors jersey and the Hawk Atlanta jersey and those weird and wonderful jerseys that like were just overtaken by gobs of color and design and you know something crazy. I mean, you look at the Cavs jerseys. To me, they yeah. look like warm up shirts yep. or summer league jerseys. And the Utah Jazz don't even get me started. Oh, they're awful. It's like one of the worst rebrands I've ever seen. So hopefully Nike doesn't screw the paces over anytime soon. Well, I think we have to probably talk about that. It's a really good segue because we were talking on chat during the week about how the Pacers are definitely bottom five in the league for jerseys right now. I mean, they've been bottom five for a while. If anything, the Jazz did them a favor and the Cavs did them a favor and probably jumped into that tier with them. But, you know, the the circular font around the number, it's something different. Didn't mind at the time, but it's run its course. We've had some of the best jerseys in the NBA over the history of our franchise, the Flojos, the Pinstripes, uh, even the the Paul George, Roy Hibbert, David West era Pacers jerseys were good. Um, and then we've just kind of fallen victim to the the Nike of it all. Justin, you you watch a lot of basketball. You've got a lot of Pacers jerseys. We've got to change things up. We've got to rebrand this team into something cool. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I remember someone tweeted out a Reggie Miller mixtape during the week on Twitter and I watched it. It was like a two-minute Reggie clip and I was like, oh, Man, I love that white home pin Watch strap. Yep. Um, and I was just like, oh, you know, maybe it's, you know, it gives you that vibe of being a Pacers fan in that era when they were yep. good and things like that. But yeah, I, I definitely think the team needs a rebrand. I mean, that, yeah, that shirt you sent through to our group chat, that gray shirt. I, they should, gray, gray shouldn't be a Pacers color okay. ever on a jersey. Yep. Just because it's the color of the tarmac and the Indy 500 doesn't mean it should be a color on a Pacers <laughs> jersey. Like, we it, we should not be racing car aesthetic. Or if we are, we should be bright and bold and colourful racing car aesthetic. Like, we shouldn't be black, white, and grey. The Pacers have never been associated with those colours. So don't bring them into our palette. It's gold. It's blue. It's white. That's pretty much it. And those colours pop when they're done right. We've seen so many examples of it done right. I mean, I think this is the first iteration of Pacers jerseys that I can honestly look at and say, that doesn't look very good. And I mean, the previous one was kind of heading in this direction. And then you go back to the, the pinstripes and the Flojos and even the ones, you know, Reggie's rookie year around the 80s, they're just different and bold and bright and colourful and 
you know, you, you enjoy wearing them. Whereas like, I don't really see any jerseys that we release now that I'm like, I really want to buy that because it looks good. Yeah. Nah, the city yeah. jerseys. Have we had a good city jersey in the oh the pin the like the blue pins I liked a little blue bit. Blue pins that was okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They, 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 they try to remix them and add yeah. different things, but uh. Elite, I know Scott Agnes has said the team knows they made a mistake with the the city jerseys. This, this year's were bad. Yeah, they the team knows how bad they were. So hopefully this season they they are better. Um yep. although I kind of hate the whole concept of that. I feel like you should just have it a home and away. Like I don't know. There's too yeah, many cities nowadays. I, I like the three. I like the gold alternate. I've always liked the gold alternate. So, yeah. I, but I agree that you don't need like five different jerseys. And I understand that Nike wants to make $12 billion next year. And that's the way that they do it. But like, you're not selling Pacers jerseys anyway, outside of Indiana and Melbourne. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not happening. Um, you may as well just stick to the three jerseys. Give me a white, give me a blue, give me a gold, and then I'll probably buy all three and I'll buy them for my kids if they look good. But right now they don't look good, so I won't buy them. Sorry, you're not getting my money. Are you going to be walking around Tassie in a Grady Dick Pacers jersey next year? Mate? Is that oh what God, we're doing? Okay, we have to talk about <laughs> the draft. We have to. Like, it's so – so we're a week away and – uh, this is, I mean, last year we said it's the biggest draft in franchise history. And I think this one surpasses it because we, we hit with the pick that we made last year. Matherin was obviously great. Um, you know, has proven himself to be a scorer already at this level. You need those guys on your team. This year we have as many assets as we possibly could in this circumstance. We have the seventh pick. We have obviously the, the two later firsts and the two seconds, we're definitely not going to select five players. Um, let me ask you guys first, how many players will we select from the draft next week? I think we will select two first rounders and a second rounder. I think we'll select three players. I like it. I'm, I'm just going to go with one first round pick. I reckon they're going to package, package a big deal. I, I, I even reckon, yeah, one first round, maybe one second round, but... Um, and you I don't reckon that one firster will be the seventh, do you? Is no, that what you? No, I, oh. I've just got a feeling they're not going to pick seven. Whether you know, there's rumors which you never know what to believe this time of the year, but there's rumors they really aggressively want to move up in the draft. They've got the assets to do it. I feel like KP's been very quiet on draft nights with the Pacers. Yeah, we know he's aggressive, being a Portland GM. I reckon this is the year to go for a big swing. I reckon they're going to package. Couple of players, couple of picks, move up to maybe the second pick, third pick. It, it's interesting you say that because I, I think my logic around that they're going to pick three guys is they've worked out so many guys over the last couple mm. of weeks. We have seen almost everyone. Yeah, everyone. yeah. Like I, I can't recall the team working out this many players before a draft, which tells me that they are trying to find the diamond in the rough as well as trying to shore up their first rounder. So they want to get a high pick. They've got a high pick. They potentially want to go higher and they want to make sure and see if any of those guys are good enough to move up. Um, but the the number of workouts they've held with those sort of borderline first, second round picks tells me that they probably like at least one of those guys and they're going to pick one of those guys in the right spot um, because of the number of workouts they've had. I want to come back to that second and third pick thing that you said, Justin. Alex, I don't believe we've worked out Miller or Scoot. So if we trade up, we're potentially trading for a guy that we haven't seen. 
Right. And if you are the agent of either of those guys, like, is there an incentive to work out for the Pacers? Maybe not. Like, not really. So, I mean, yeah, it's tough. The Pacers also are notoriously, like, big character people, Yeah. which obviously I'm not going to bring up the off-court stuff with Miller too much, but that will be a factor for them. They'll probably want to at least speak to him about it. Um, I don't think they'll go near him. I I, I think... Yeah, I don't, well, he's I the one. I, I, yeah, but I just think fit like, but pure basketball sense, like yep. he kind of makes the most sense to trade up for for the Pacers, uh, just given the the funky fit it would be with Scoot. But but yeah, I I think it's more realistic in my mind that they trade like twenty six and twenty nine with Duarte or something to get up to like fifteen. Yeah, just like something something like that to move up to the late lotto range. Uh, Leonard Miller's a guy I like there. That like, there's a lot of people who would be good fits. So that that's my view of what they will do on draft night. So to the surprise of absolutely no one, I mean, all three mock drafts have us taking someone different. ESPN has Race, <laughs> the Athletic has Hendricks, and uh, the Ringer has Cam Whitmore. So those are the three names that we've kind of kept hearing time after time after time. We haven't really been linked to the Twins. We haven't really ever been linked to Anthony Black, um, despite ESPN having us taking him because it fit a need for some <laughs> ridiculous reason. Um, but those are the three guys that just kind of keep coming up. Um, I I just can't see us taking Miller at all, Justin. And I think my reasoning is probably because of the Jamarant report. Um, you know, if you've got a guy that's been involved in or has been accused of assisting gun violence or uh, been involved in something that you don't see yourself uh, standing for as a team, and you just had an incident that was reported in all major, um, you know, outlets to say that you had a, you know, an intimidation sort of incident from someone on another team's entourage. You don't want to get in that business this season. I just can't see this team, given that information, making that choice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I somewhat do agree. It's, I mean, on your first point, I, I don't think the paces have really come out and their head scouts said they don't actually really take much from these workouts. Yeah. I feel like they've done so much groundwork on these people before they come into a workout. They kind of already know if they're interested in them or not in a sense. Um, you know, there's reports, yeah, like I mentioned, Dustin Daniels had the greatest workout ever. They didn't pick him. Yep. So, um, but with the character sort of thing, look, if the pace is traded up to get him, I have the confidence they've done their due diligence. True. You know, True. I think KP talks about they've got an 80-page report on each projection where they talk to their childhood friends, their family, ex-girlfriends, like everyone. Yep. That, yeah, if they're confident to trade up, to get him, I'd be confident in going, okay, they've they've done their due diligence. But you're right, Adam, like it's not a great look. The Pacers have already been through that whole culture issue 10 to 15 years ago. Yep. Arteta, gonna... Jackson, Harrington, yep. those guys. Yep. Sorry, that's probably longer than 10 Kinsley. to 15 years ago now. <laughs> it's um, now nearly 20 years ago. Yeah, which is They're sad. But, um, it, it's that fine line where, you know, I really want the Pacers to have the the Matherin sort of player, the Lance Stevenson, the Ron Artest sort of player. Yep. Because you, there's the only way you can win a championship is players like that. But yep. yeah, you don't want to obviously cross that line. Um, is the you you mentioned there that uh, head scout said that they don't really take much notice of the workouts? 
Alex, do you think workouts just serve to let you know who's an idiot and who's not? <laughs> well, what's crazy is that I was listening to uh, Chad Buchanan on setting the pace and he was saying some dudes don't even know who Tyrese Halliburton is. Mm, that's <laughs> so crazy. I'm, I'm just like, what? Same. How do you Same. play basketball professionally? And like, all it takes is a Google search of their roster before you go to a workout. Uh, yeah, so I think that type of stuff you wean out a little bit. But you got to also think, like, how dumb were you at 18, 19? Like, I was pretty dumb at age 19. But I also had mentors around me that were telling me to prepare for a job interview or prepare right, for right. a situation or prepare in university or wherever. I mean, you you have to then, if you've got a guy that doesn't know who Tyrese Halliburton is or doesn't know how he would fit on the team and isn't interviewing well for the job that he's interviewing for, Justin, it says that he doesn't have a good support network around him, doesn't it? Exactly right. And I, I took that away from that interview as well, Alex, is like my mind was blown. Like, mm. it, I think it's so interesting that, you know, we might all sit here as fans and go, oh my God, the Pacers didn't draft player X. What a, that is an awful thing. But it's like, yeah, we weren't in on that interview. Yep. They might have asked him, what do you know about the Pacers? And he goes, oh, I don't know. I don't care. Never watched it. Doesn't well, matter what team I go to, you know. Yeah, clearly we're not going to draft a player who doesn't know who Tyrese Halliburton is. Like that player should at least be able to go, yeah, you know, he likes to play high pace, get his teammates involved. That's all you'd have to say in the team about, yeah, tick box, whatever. Um, So yeah, for some, yeah, projected players to not know who Halliburton is. And even like, you should know who Miles Turner is. Like it's wild to me. Um, If you're a basketball player entering the NBA to not know like an all-star on the potential team you're going to be living in for seven, eight years, <laughs> like wild. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it, yeah. Whoever paces pick, I'm confident they've done their due diligence, like I said, and I'm going to trust the draft pick this year. I, I, I feel like I'm more trustworthy of Rick Carlisle being part of the process. I feel like he's got a really good touch when he spends time with the players at the workout. You probably see photos and videos of him, with the players, I feel like he'll have a strong opinion on who I, who they think, who sorry, who he thinks they should draft, and yeah, I agree with Adam. This is the most important draft in what 10, 15 years, for twenty years. So let's get to it. Um, I'm going to frame the question a little bit differently. I was going to say who will we take with the seventh pick versus who you want to take, but given your view that we may trade up, Justin, I'll, I'll say. Who will the Indiana Pacers take with their first draft pick next week? Uh, and who do you want the Indiana Pacers to take with the first draft pick next week? Um, you can't say Wemby. <laughs> Alex, I'll start with you. Uh, I think we take Jarris at seven, but my thought process is the magic taking Hendricks at six. So that's my logic behind that. Uh, I would be... They're like 1A, 1B for me. I would be more than happy with either one. Justin? Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm sorry to break the rules, but I have to say Wemby. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, uh, I'm like, without thinking about the trading up for uh, pick two, I'm, I hate to be boring, but I'm going with Alex. I think they're going to pick Jarris Walker. I just think he fits everything. Um, and my option B, I don't think he's going to be there at number seven, but it's Cam Whitmore. I yep. think he'll be picked. Yeah, he'll, he'll go top five, I think. Yeah. So I'll just say Cam Whitmore. If he's left on the board, I think they're going to take him. What about you, Adam? 
I I did want to say something different. I really did. I <laughs> I, I think that we will pick Jarris, uh, but I I've kind of fallen in love with Taylor Hendricks over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I just think the combination of shooting and defense is one that is going to succeed on any team in the league, and particularly with Tyrese Halliburton, the fact that um, neither the the great thing about the fact that Hendricks and Jarrett, is it Jarrett or Jarrett or you've got I've said it like five different times on the show already. I'm sorry, <laughs> Jarrett. When we interview you later, I'll apologize in person. But I think the, the great thing about Jarrett and Taylor is that their main weakness is shot creation. Well, mm. guess what? We've got a guy that can set them up anywhere on the floor at any time. So we actually don't care about shot creation because we have Tyrese that can set everyone else up. We have Matherin who can get off his own shot uh, and will continue to develop that skill. Um, so I actually don't care. But um, either of those guys I think is a win from my perspective and whoever they choose to pick. And I think it will be one of those two guys. Um, and I think if they get a sniff that Orlando or Detroit is going to pick their guy, then they will try and trade up. They will try and package together seven and a later pick and potentially next year's first if they've fallen in love with one of those guys. Um, so I think that's that's in play. So I'll, I'll kind of hedge on what you were saying, Justin, that they will trade up, but I think they'll trade up for one of those guys as opposed to trading up into the top three for a guy they haven't worked out. I would be really shocked if they take a guy that they haven't worked out and had a look at closely and, you know, uh, and that sort of stuff. I, I think the other thing that probably um, causes me to feel that way is that Tyrese has been in a lot of these workouts. So he's had the opportunity to witness these guys, talk to them, you know, get a feel for their fit on the team. And I feel like he's about to become the $200 million man in Indiana and he's going to have a say in who they choose. He's he's going to provide his opinion to Rick Carlisle, provide his opinion to Kevin Pritchard. And if he feels that one of these guys is going to help us win, then he's going to push for them to, to be drafted by the Pacers. Um, we'll move on to trades. So we'll go around, the, go around the room. Give me a player that you think could conceivably be traded for the seventh pick. And then I want to hear everyone's thoughts on whether they would in fact pull the trigger. I'm going to start with Michael Porter Jr. He's going to make, you know, 150, $200 million over the next four or five seasons. Um, Denver can't afford to pay everyone. So he may be the guy that the domino to fall. And that will probably be a theme of the guys that we probably nominate uh, throughout. I think it would take potentially more than the seventh pick to get him. It'll probably take seven and buddy and some other stuff. Um, but Justin, would you trade the seventh pick for Michael Porter Jr.? Nah, definitely not. Definitely not for me. Nah, uh, uh, you love him. You've just upset yeah. Adam. You've just I'm upset just, me. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm just saying it's conceivable <laughs> that it could happen. I wouldn't do it for the record, yeah. but for the purpose of this exercise, I'm raising that this is a guy that could be on our radar, that could fill a positional need, that could be traded for the seventh pick. Alex, would you do that? Uh, yeah, like you said, it's probably going to take more, so I would be against it, uh, given the assets it would take. All right, Alex, who have you got? Uh, I'm just going to steal Justin's 
No. <laughs> oh god. I'll go another Toronto dude. I'll go Siakam. I think I think they're going to be wanting to trade for that third pick. So, like like MPJ would take way more than number seven. Uh, but but I just think Siakam. Like maybe I'm higher on him than most people, but I think he would be like the perfect four next to Miles with Halliburton. I get the timeline's different and the money, and he's a he's expiring as well. I think. But yep. he, he would be the guy I would lean towards. I I wouldn't do it, but I can understand that it could be done. Justin, yeah, I'd I'd be pretty close to pulling that trigger. Like Siakam's all star for me. Like yep. I'd much rather him over OG. So, um, yeah, I'd, I was going to say pretty... you're you're saying the other Toronto man, aren't you? Yeah, well, we'll we can swing away from that. We won't go that because <laughs> we've, we've done that to death. We've, we've done, done that, that to death. death. Who's your guy, Justin? Um, I've heard strong rumors about this guy. I'm not sure how credible they are, but Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Name no. the source. Name no. the source. <laughs> no. I said credible source. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so try it. Um, wow. Oh my God. You've disgraced yourself now? on the podcast, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> we I need, think Woody's, Woody's going to replace you. <laughs> yeah. Replacing you from now on. Um, we can sign Kyle Kuzma in free agency. Uh, it, <laughs> Look, so give, us, give us your actual player, and then we'll actually talk about Kuzma. Right. I, think, I, think um, it's, I think it's a fair topic. Well, I mean, yeah, I saw the discussion on Twitter today. I'm definitely a no, but there was discussion about, you know, Warriors want to give up Kamingo. Oh, no, 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 no. Steve Kerr came out on a podcast and effectively called him out on Draymond Green's podcast mm. for being, like, a bad teammate. You can't trade for that guy, particularly for the seventh pick. His value is worthless after that podcast, in my in my view. Alex, I don't know what you think, but you can't trade I, for a head case like that. Well, I, I would buy – he's a guy I would buy low on. Yes. I wouldn't yeah, trade not the seventh seven. pick for him. No. I'll trade I'll trade your 29 for him. How about yeah, that? Yes. And, and you right. guys really liked Duarte two years ago, so you can have him as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 29 Duarte. Call it in. I, I'm fine to take a chance on him for a late pick, but – Seven, my lord. I okay. I'll throw one more out there, and, and this is probably a seven. This is definitely a seven plus other stuff to allow them to move up in the draft. Brandon Ingram, hmm. Alex, would you yeah. trade seven plus Buddy plus another pick or another two future first round picks for Brandon Ingram? Well, they might be tra- trading Zion, so that that might be the guy that's on the move. But no, yeah, Ingram. I don't know. It's it's so tough because now as a Pacers fan, my brain is like. This guy's just going to get injured every time he steps on the court. Yep. He's going to leave. That's what happens to us every time. But if if he could stay healthy, absolutely. I, I love Ingram. Plays the position of need. So yeah, I'll do it. Justin. Oh, that's so tough. I, you look like you're really struggling with this one. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I thought I'd throw it in. I'm just going to say no, just because the timeline the paces are on. I feel like they just need a bit more growth in Ingram. He's not like the next step for us to win a championship. So that's the only reason I'm saying yep. no. But look, if they made that deal, I'm not going to throw a hissy fit. Uh, we haven't named Gordon Hayward yet, boys. What are we doing? Yeah, seventh pick? Uh, oh, if Justin <laughs> would fly to Indiana just to slap <laughs> oh, KP oh, if uh, we traded seven for Gordon Hayward. Um, just like I would probably do the same if we drafted Grady Dick. Uh, so Grady Dick, let's talk about Grady Dick. Grady Dick is going to be a good basketball player. He can shoot. Um, I would be more than happy if we do that package and trade up into the late lottery or mid first round and draft a Grady Dick at like 15, 16. 
I, I don't have a problem with that. I Dallas, just, Dallas at 10, they, they, they're they shipping their pick. I would even take him at 10. So Yep. Yep. I, I think... I think you've got a guy who's, you know, he's only 6'6", so he'd have to be, like, he's effectively just buddy on less money. Um, you know, he's just a shooter. Um, and he's... He's got, he got some bounce as well. He's a little bit like Doug McDermott, and he can dunk a little bit. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll, um, I'll give you that. But, I mean, I think point being that he's not going to start. Mm. He doesn't start yeah. for this team unless you want to play a small lineup. We've talked about it before. Justin Tyrese and Benedict are not strong defenders. So you need, you know, strong forwards around them that have good defensive skills. You cannot afford to have a guy like Grady Dick that is a not a plus defender um, and a defensive liability uh, on the floor with Benedict and Tyrese. You're just going to leak points all day long. Yeah. I, I'd be I'd be shocked if they draft him. I feel like if if their paces are on the clock and he's like the best player, they'd be ringing teams left, right, and center in that five yeah. minute window, saying, "Hey, let's trade that. Let's trade that. What what deals can we make?" I don't think he's high on their radar. Um, we, you know, they've they've spoke about it. All Pacer fans and the team know the position of need they they need is a wing, not just a spot up shooter sort of thing. So. Um, whether they get that from the draft, you know, I guess you could get in Grady Dick, bring him off the bench, and then if Buddy Hill leaves, you kind of bridging that gap a bit. But I just don't think they draft him. I can't envision it. Uh, last player I want to talk about, and I'll throw it open to you guys if you want to talk about anyone else, um, is a guy old enough to, or young enough to be Chris Duarte's son, Gigi Jackson. <laughs> um, he's the youngest player in the draft, 18 and a half years old. Alex, you enjoyed that far too much. That was good. Um, so it, the footwork on this kid is crazy and the upside is insane. I mean, with a, a late first, early second, I feel like you have to take at least one swing in the second round at a kid that could develop into something great. And everything I've seen of this kid's highlight tape and the interview that he had, uh, he seems like a great kid. And Justin, I, I think we need more great kids in Indiana. Well, I mean, the good thing is, Adam, if he works out well, we've got a screenshot of you saying he's the next Kobe Bryant. (laughs) (laughs) Look, all I'm saying is he's got great footwork and then all of a sudden Twitter recommended a Kobe Bryant footwork video to me. So I'm not saying it's a coincidence, but I'm saying it's a coincidence. Well, it'll be uh, in the Hall of Fame of Twitter messages (laughs) if he turns out good because you've you've called it. I called it. As early think? as humanly possible, Chris Duarte's son, JJ Jackson, will be a good basketball <laughs> player, and I really hope we draft him late. That's the for next sure. Black Mamba. Um, Alex, what do you think about him? I don't know if he's going to be Kobe. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, though. <laughs> uh, no, I he... don't. I really, I really should not have sent you guys that video. Um, but you know what? Actually, you know what? Yes. Yeah, he's going to be great. Hey, he's he looks great. like a good pro. He's a good prospect. And he's a good yep. paces prospect as well, given yep. his size. Those you, so, yeah, yeah. that he hits, like they're just they're they're early noughties, late noughties sort of like perfection for people like you and I, Justin, that watched a lot of that basketball and weren't a small child like yourself, Alex. Yes. But when you watch highlights of that stuff, then you know it, that that was like every single wing had that game, didn't they? They they all caught it in the high post and they turn around and hit a fade away and that's like 
what made you an all-star in 2005 that was the best. Like T-Mac had that, Kobe had that. It's so funny, Ryan. You three or you two are probably the same where it's like, you know, going through a few drafts. Now the pace has been in the lottery. You're honing in on, on draft clips and all that a bit more. I'm so hesitant watching like highlights now because I've been proven yep. wrong. I'm like, oh man, this guy's going to be a gun and then turns out to be awful. And Nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm so much more nervous watching like their summer league for the paces. Like that yes. first game they played the summer league. It's like, all right, here we go. They're up against NBA competition. Let's see how they are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, whoever the paces draft, I'm going to try and not watch too many highlights and just get ready for that summer league match. And you can't even rely on that sometimes. I mean, I remember mm. Trey Young's first summer league game. He went like one for 120 field goals. <laughs> and, you know, now he led his team to the Eastern Conference Finals like, and is a multi-time all-star. So you, you can't really say anything, but you just hope that they get the support and development that they need. And I think that's probably the, the good part about this Pacers, Pacers staff is that they know that they're in development mode and they know they're growing a team around Tyrese. And we also have a superstar on this team uh, that can, you know, bring the best out of his teammates, Alex. And that's probably the the number one thing that we will see uh, with this draft class that Tyrese will bring the best out of them. Hey, he makes everyone around him better. Yeah, it's a great, great thing to have a point guard as your franchise player who's going to average 10 to 11 assists a game. Certainly is. All right, guys. So we've got a week left till draft night. We've got a few different predictions. We've got a few players that we want to take. We've got no one that we really want to trade for except if you're an all-star pretty much. So we will come to you after the draft with uh, our full thoughts. So thank you once again for tuning into the Pace Roost podcast and we'll see you after the draft. Mm-hmm.